Warren Buffett and Ray Dalio are both saying the markets are overvalued. So should we invest? And if so, how? Well, fear not. Today's video will answer exactly this. Hi everyone, my name's James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast, where we're all about helping you become financially free so that you can focus on what you really want from life. So today we're looking at the stock market and the fact that many people, including Ray Dalio and Warren Buffett, are calling that it is overvalued. And many of the models that look at the stock market are calling an overvaluation. Now, it depends on the study as to how much it's being viewed. And in the tech market in particular, many are calling that a bubble. So the question is, should we invest in the stock market? If it's overvalued, surely it's gonna go back down and we're gonna lose money and therefore we shouldn't be invested. Well, like many things in this area, it's not so simple. But first, have a look at this chart. Here you can see that over the last 10 years, so from 2011 to 2020, the stock market on average has gone up by 13.9%. Now that is phenomenal, that is massive returns. And if you'd been in that market for those years, you would have done exceptionally well. Now the trouble is though, that generally people assume the stock market over the long, long term goes up by around 10%. So if you look, as you can see here, the last 30 years from 1991 to 1920, sorry, <laughs> to 2020, you can see a return of 10.7%. And if you go back even further, so for over a 50 year period up until 2020, the return was 10.9%. And this has happened for many, many decades. It varies slightly, but around 10% is what people expect. So when we're looking at the last 10 years with even higher returns, the view generally in the market by many very successful investors is that something called regression to the mean is gonna happen. Now that sounds fancy and complicated, but it's pretty simple. The mean is that is the average. So on average, the stock market generally goes up by 10% per year. Now, if you have a period of time where the returns are going higher than 10%, then you would expect that in the long, long term, that average return is gonna slowly reduce back down so that overall, you're still seeing that 10% return. And that would make sense because if not, you're then establishing a new normal at a higher rate of return. Now, some people say we're in a new normal with a higher rate of return. Others actually saying that we are at the edge of something where we're gonna get poor returns for the future ongoing way below 10%. So it depends who you speak to, but generally the view is that there will be a regression to the mean, i.e. less returns in the future so we get back to that long run average of 10%. So surely we shouldn't invest in the market. 
But the next question then is, well, if you don't invest in the market, and when I say that, I mean the stock market, what do you invest in? It's all well and good saying, I'm not going to go to the stock market because I'm going to lose money. But what are you going to do with your money? And are you going to still be encouraged to save and build to a financial future? It all comes back to what are you looking to do? And for most people, that is building wealth over time by saving and then taking that money, investing it so they can make money from that money and in time have that money cover their cost of living so they don't have to work. Now, there's different nuances, but that's essentially what most people are looking to do. So if we don't invest in the stock market and we just keep our money in what? In cash? Well, due to inflation over time, we're going to lose money that way. And the view is that there's big concerns that inflation in the future will increase dramatically due to so much production of money in some of the biggest governments like the UK and the US. So your value of your money will devalue even more in the future. So if we don't want to do it in cash and we don't want to invest in the stock market, what do we invest in? Now, everybody's got a different view and there's different assets. We can invest in real estate, we can invest in gold, crypto, all of these things. And everybody is fiercely talking about that. But the key thing though is, if you don't invest in something, you start investing in something else, they also come with their risks. But the key thing with the stock market is that generally in the long, long term, the stock market goes up and it goes up exceptionally well, around 10% a year. The trouble though with the stock market is it is a wild ride. So if you're investing within a time period of say less than 15 years and absolutely no less than 10 years, then you could very easily see some big drops and not get that reliable return. We've had lost decades in the past across when 2008 happened, for example. 10 years and you're back to where you were before. So surely no one wants to do that. Invest in an asset class that in 10 years time, you're back to where you were. So when you're looking at shorter time periods, the stock market starts to become a big question mark as to whether you want to invest in it. But for many people, we're on a long investment journey. We might be in our 20s or 30s and we're investing for retirement many decades in the future. And if we're someone like that, it doesn't matter so much. Okay, yes, maybe it's overvalued now. Yes, maybe there's a high risk of low returns or losing money in the future. But if we think about it, if we're investing beyond those kind of time frames of 15 years, then that will smooth itself out. It will end up working its way back up in the long run to those kinds of returns. And that is true and you can see it when you look at the stock market. So you take something like the S&P 500 or the world index funds and you pull out not within the few years, but you look at over decades and decades. Periods like 2008, like 2000 and, um, where there were big crashes in the stock market. You zoom out, they just look like blips. When you're in them, they feel very painful. 
But when you zoom out over long time horizons, they just become white noise in the grand scheme of things. But the key here though, is you need to have time on your side. You need to be invested in this market for many decades. And if you're not willing to do that or able to do that, then the stock market starts to look less attractive and more like a speculative wild roller coaster. The other piece is that if you're already invested in the stock market or in other asset classes, a temptation is that we keep wanting to change and move from place to place. We're invested in something, we start reading about something else like crypto, like gold, we start to get excited and we start wanting to build up pressure to move our money into something else. And then when we start to do that, inevitably something else comes along and we wanna move it again. Now the trouble with that is that when we keep moving around all the time, two main things happen. One, we're beholden to bad human psychology. The temptation is to buy high and sell low. Buy high because the things that are high already brings about fear of missing out. It makes us think, well, if it's gone up well in the past, it must go well in the future. And when things drop in price and crash, that's when we get worried, stressed, and we want to escape those areas. And when we buy high and we sell low, we usually end up short. The other reason is that when we move what we're invested in, every time we quit, we keep, we keep switching. There's costs involved, there's time, there's effort, and that erodes our returns. Every time you make a purchase or you make a sale, there's transaction costs. There's even tax costs often. And when we do this, this takes away a lot of our returns. So let's say we wanna invest in the stock market and it makes sense for us, but we don't want that wild ride. We wanna smooth the curve. We wanna reduce the risk and we wanna minimize the stress in doing it. Well, how do we do it? Well, there's quite a few things we can apply, especially when we're in times like this, when we are worried about specific things like it being overvalued at the moment or specific worries like inflation going really high and that affecting the market. So number one, diversify. If you're investing in specific stocks because you think they're gonna go up in the future because the stock market goes up, that's risky. Something specific about that company could make it drop that's got nothing to do with your general investment thesis and you lose money. So the first thing is invest in many companies. In fact, invest as many companies as you can while making it efficient to do so. And the best way to do that is in an index fund like a total world index fund that Vanguard does. I'll link that in the show notes. And effectively you're investing in thousands of companies by just investing in one stock or one fund. So a very powerful and easy way to diversify. Next is investing in areas that we think are potentially undervalued or relatively undervalued. So the market, if you're worried the market as a whole is overvalued, well, let's look for areas that relatively are undervalued. Now, in recent years, growth stocks have done exceptionally well. But stocks that are considered as value stocks have not done so well, 
actually have performed poorly relative to the market. Now, value stocks, essentially stocks that are considered to be a low price relative to the value, the kind of inherent value of that stock. So if you're looking at the stock from a place of what is its actual earnings, what are the, cap, what, what are the assets that that company owns, what's the cost of its debt, all these things. If you're looking at that relative to the, the price people are putting on it in the stock market, some can, see, can be seen to be cheap and others seem to be expensive. So value investing is effectively that, and that is what Warren Buffett does. And you can also invest in index funds that invest in these types of companies. So it's a very simple way to invest in lots of companies that are considered to be value stocks. So that's another way we can do it. And I'll link in the show notes to an example fund that allows you to do this. Another way we can try to smooth the curve in these kind of circumstances is protect against inflation. So people worry that inflation is going to escalate very big over the next few years because of such a massive amount of printing of money. Now, not always, but the stock market generally does badly in times of inflation because inflation means higher costs of products and resources and companies need these things to supply whatever they're producing. So if the input costs go up, then the output of those products become more expensive and therefore people buy them less and overall those stocks go down in value. So as a result of that, we may want to invest in things that we think will do well if inflation becomes high. Now gold is a good example because if the inflation goes up, the value of money goes down. So gold relative to the value of money goes up. So gold's value goes up. Another one is commodities. So generally, so not just gold or silver, but oil and various other input resources that people buy. Again, I can link in the show notes to specific examples of how you can buy these things. Thirdly, cryptocurrency. Now before, for many years, this was a big speculative bet on whether things would go up. But as the price is starting to become less volatile, cryptocurrency, and especially Bitcoin, is increasingly be seen as a competitor to gold. A de facto kind of alternative to currency if you're fearful that that currency will devalue in the future. And there's many arguments that certain properties to Bitcoin that makes it actually better than gold. For example, you don't have to hold a whole load of gold. You just can hold some Bitcoin in an electronic wallet. So it's much more easy to hold and transport. Next one is worries that the US itself will do poorly in the future. Done exceptionally well over the last few years. The, the US stock market have performed way above most other stock markets in the world. And the concern though is that in the future, actually they're gonna do very badly. And as a, as a world leader, that will start to change. Maybe China becomes the world leader in the future. Maybe Bitcoin becomes an alternative to the US dollar and that has a massive impact on the US economy. So we can diversify against that 
by investing in other markets as well. So instead of investing in a US index fund, we can invest in a world index fund or put money into emerging markets or other regions like Asia Pacific. Another thing people are fearful of is crashes. So if the US economy or the world economy does badly in the future or drops considerably, well, the stock market almost certainly will drop as well. But we can invest in things that will do well if that happens. So bonds is a good example. Bonds go up generally in value in times when things are difficult because they're considered a safe haven. We're fearful of what's going on and we want to move our money into something that's safe. And investing in government bonds lent by successful countries like the US or the UK or Europe and so on is considered to be much safer than investing in the stock market. Now we have to be careful here because within the bond market you have different durations and long-term government bonds are seen to be very risky at the moment. And that's because over the last kind of, geez, 20 years, the yields on those bonds have been going down and down and down and down. And the result of that has been that the, the capital appreciation of these long-term bonds have gone up massively. But because we're at zero or close to zero, there's not much more to go. If those yields start to go back up, the the value of those bonds that you're buying can decrease massively. So even though you're getting a reliable return from the bond itself, the value of what you're investing in could drop substantially, even though you see it as a safe haven. So if you're concerned about that, short-term government bonds are much better. Again, I'll link in the show notes to some examples of how you can invest in these types of areas. Next, real estate. A great way to hedge against the stock market in that it's less volatile. So because property is much more illiquid, it's very hard to buy or sell a property. Once you've bought it, it takes a big amount of hassle to to, to do something with it. And so most people tend to keep hold of them. As a result, changes in supply and demand or other factors tend to not affect property prices as much, or they take longer to, to kind of affect that market. So it's a way of reducing the volatility of our overall investment portfolio. The other thing is it's generally good in inflationary times. Because if you think about it, if the value of money is going down and everything's going up in price. Generally speaking, with that, rents go up in price and the value of money goes down, so the price of a property relative to that money goes up because it's relative to that. So if, if the pound is, uh, becomes twice as cheap, then pr property relative to what a pound is worth becomes twice as expensive. So it protects against inflation. So there you have it. I've gone through a number of different ways in which we can diversify and hedge against specific concerns we have when we invest in the stock market. So what happens though 
if your time horizon is less than 15 years. What do we do? Do we just not invest in anything? Do we not go near the stock market at all? Well, some things to consider. We can still invest in the stock market, but we can invest in a smaller percentage of our overall money. So yes, okay, if we invested in say 30%, 50% in the stock market, even if it drops over the next five, 10 years, or we experience big crashes, it's on a smaller percentage of our overall money. And we can diversify again in other areas, just like I've said before. But essentially what I'm saying is we can diversify into other areas even more. And there's some areas in particular that can be, that can be even better for us. So real estate can be powerful because when you buy real estate, so long as you're buying a good property and you understand the fundamentals, yes, there could be a question mark over capital appreciation, but there is a monthly profit when you're factoring in rent minus all the costs on that property. So if you've got a good positive profit on that property every month or every year, even if capital appreciation may change or reduce in the medium term, you're still getting a reliable return that can fund whatever is important to you. Another good area is short-term world government bonds. And by doing that, what we're doing is we're investing in something that is very low risk of defaulting, i.e. the risk of us not getting our money back because we're lending it to governments rather than to, say, companies that could go bust. Two, we're investing it, we're lending it to different governments, not just one. So we're diversifying that risk against different governments. And if we do that in just developed economies, again, it's even lower risk. And because we're investing in short-term government bonds, we reduce the risk of the bonds themselves devaluing if the yields on those bonds go up in the future. Now, the flip side to this is if we invest in these types of things, we don't get much of a return. It's very, very small usually because we're not really taking any risk on. But the benefit of that is if we have a percentage of our portfolio in that, or even a large percentage, then the risk of our portfolio going down in value over time is much lower. But remember, inflation can still devalue the overall value of our portfolio unless we invest in something called inflation indexed bonds or inflation linked bonds. But that's where we start to get complicated. But it is something you can think about. Now, lastly, I want to finish off with people that are on really short time windows. So for example, if you want to be saving up money to buy a property in, for example, two years, a lot of people are seeing that money being built up, just sitting there in cash and want to do something with it. They want to invest in it, right? They're hungry to invest. And it's very tempting to start investing in the stock market or other areas like crypto because they're making money from their money while they're waiting to accumulate the money into the thing that they want to do, which is say, buy a house. The trouble with that though, is when we invest in specific markets, like I said, big roller coaster, returns can go up and down. We can drop in value by 50% in a year and it's happened in the stock market. So do you want to be invest, building up savings and investing it over a couple of years 
finding it halving in value and having to then wait another year, two, three years before you've got the money again to actually buy the property that you want. If that is a big concern for you and that's a deal breaker, then you don't want to be doing that. Just save it in cash, build up the money, and then do what it is that you want with that money. If you're willing to vary how long it takes and you're not in a rush, then you can start to invest in other areas. But if you still want to learn to invest and get in to that kind of habit, the best way in those situations is start small. Take £100 a month. Think about how you want to invest. Build those principles and start following them with a small amount of money while you're still saving and protecting the money that's important to you for your purchasing decisions in the future. So guys, we've covered a lot today, but essentially, many people, many models, the numbers suggest we're in an overvalued stock market at the moment. So should we invest? Well, absolutely we can still invest. And if we're invested, that's how we make money in the long run. If we're not, we're definitely not gonna make money. And actually we're gonna lose money over time by devaluation of the cash that we hold. So as long as we're investing in the long run, there's many different ways we can still be invested, protect against specific risks that we're worried while still making sure we're invested. So guys, I hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, please do give me a like. If you wanna see future content from me, subscribe and you'll get notifications on future videos and content. If you wanna see me cover specific topics, let me know in the comments or send me a direct message. If you've got a different view on this or you want to add in to this topic, again, let me know in the comments. I'm more than happy to review and give you my thoughts in response. That's all from me. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.